that persistent difficulty can make us feel weary, tired. Sometimes you've been Christians for a long time and I'm telling you, there's trials seem unending and it makes us weary and it can even discourage us or, or, or make us despondent we lose hope and sometimes we think that God has abandoned us and, and, and we, you know, we've waited on God and waited on God and the situation hasn't changed or if it's changed, it's changed just a little bit are you with me? and sometimes we feel imprisoned we feel stuck, we feel trapped we feel that stuff is not changing man I mean th things are not turning around it's the same old same old and we get discouraged I want to tell you that God has not forgotten you Amen. turn to somebody and say God has not forgotten you <laughs> say God has not forgotten you <laughs> you know the Bible says he cannot forget you he can't God can't forget you. You are on God's mind. The Bible makes this declaration. He is mindful of us. We are on his mind. I'm so glad that the name Kabna Fulebedu is on God's mind. I'm so excited that when, he, you know, when I wake up, I'm on God's mind. When I'm walking through the day, I'm on his mind. Oh, bless God, when I go on the 401, I'm on his mind. Amen. And you are on his mind. You are on God's mind. The Bible says in, in Psalm 8 verse 4, what is mankind that you are mindful of him? Psalm 8 verse 4, what is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you care for him. Folks, you're on God's mind. Say, I am on God's mind. Say, I am on God's mind. Praise God. Psalm 115 verse 12 says this. The Lord has been mindful of us. He has been mindful of us. You are on God's mind. If you, if, if you don't get anything else in this sermon, know that you are on God's mind. Say, I am on God's mind. Say, God is thinking about me. Glory to God. We are on God's mind. So he's thinking about us. You know what? He's not forgotten us. Yeah, sometimes your best friends will forget about you. Sometimes your family will forget about you. Even the company you've devoted your life to and worked for and you've given off your best for 40 years afterwards when they're letting you go or when there's a difficulty in this company, they'll let you go just like that. And they'll forget about all the service. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Sometimes it happens like that. Your parents forget about you. I remember once when I must have been about maybe 11, 12, or 13, and my mom forgot my birthday. My mom. Dads can forget sometimes. But my mom forgot my birthday. And I remember I was waiting at 8 o'clock in the morning. I was expecting that present. You know, you know what I mean? And I was expecting the usual, the, the, the birthday wishes and, and, and all the kisses here and there. You know, and, and, and I woke up 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock. 10 o'clock, nothing. I heard her going about her business. I said, man, they've forgotten my birthday. 11 o'clock, I could, I could stand it no longer. So I went to my mind and said, it's my birthday. Bless God. But God will never forget your birthday. I said, God will never forget your birthday. Hallelujah. You know, you're on God's mind. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 49 verse 15, Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? It says, though she may forget, I will not forget you. 
A woman who is nursing a child has compassion for that child. And God is saying, look, can a woman, a mother who is nursing that child forget about the child that is nursing? And then he says, even if the woman forgets, I, God, I will not forget you. Say, God does not forget me. I want you to believe that today. Believe that you're on God's mind. Believe that he has not forgotten you. Believe that he's thinking about you. The Bible tells us, Jeremiah 29, he's thinking good thoughts towards you. Every thought God has towards you are good thoughts. Thoughts of good, not of evil. Thoughts to bless you. The Bible says to give you a future and to give you a hope. Glory to God. Say, I have hope in God. Say, I have a future in God. Turn to somebody and say, I have a future in God. Say, I have a hope in God. Say, you have a future in God. You have a hope in God. Notice what he's thinking about. In Psalm 115, 12, he says, The Lord has been mindful of us. And look at what he's thinking about. He will bless us. He says he will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord, both small and great. Folks, one in this scripture we are seeing that what is on God's mind is just to bless us. Oh, folks, you have to get this inside of your heart. That when God thinks about you, you on God's mind, he's thinking, how can I bless Naresh some more? And Naresh will say, oh, I've been blessed already. It's okay, Lord. He said, no, my goodness and my mercy should overflow in your life. You know, he says, my cup runneth over. And he wants you to be so blessed that you can be a blessing. Just like he told Abraham. Glory. His, on his mind is blessing. How can he empower you to prosper? That's why it says in 3 John 2, Beloved, I wish that you prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Or say, God wants to bless me. Hallelujah. So now the thing is this, we're waiting on God to see these manifestations. We're waiting on things to turn around in our lives. We're waiting on God. But the truth is this, God is oftentimes waiting for us. He's waiting for us. He wants us to align ourselves with his will and his purpose so that he can help turn things around for us. God is waiting for us, for example, to humble ourselves so that he can shower grace on us. The Bible says he gives grace to the humble. So he's waiting on us to humble ourselves so he can pour his favor, pour his divine ability and strength upon us. So he's often waiting for us to humble ourselves. You see, if we're in a place of pride, the Bible says he resists the pride. He resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So he's often waiting for us to, to humble ourselves. He's often waiting for us to ask for help. To ask for help. And it doesn't matter sometimes, it's only the, you know, the difficult things in life, like, you know, you have a major decision to make, then, then you ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Folks, every detail of your life, the Holy Spirit is willing to help you. You're having a bad hair day, hair day, bless God. You know, <laughs> you're having a bad hair day, and you, you know what, sometimes I used to have a bad hair day when I had an afro, bless God. You know, one day I'll put up my picture when I had an afro, because some, I told somebody I had an afro, they did not believe me. But bless God, you may have a bad hair day as a woman. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. You're having a bad day concerning your keys are lost. I know Maureen, for example, she always asks the Holy Spirit when her phone is lost, when her keys are lost, and she finds them. Amen. Amen. He's willing to help us. Ask for help. He's, willing to, when he's waiting for us to ask for help so that he will help us. Praise God. 
He's willing to, he's, he's waiting on us to call on his name in that time of trouble so that he can save us. He's waiting on us to ask for wisdom where we lack it. Let's say we are in a financial situation and, and we, are, we ask for wisdom from the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, what do I do? He may ask you to go to somebody to give you godly counsel. You ask the Holy Spirit. He, God is waiting on us. Sometimes we want a financial harvest. He is waiting on us to give a financial seed. To sow or to tithe. So that he can give us that financial harvest. He's waiting on us to sometimes believe that what is impossible with man is actually possible with him. God is waiting on us. God is always waiting for us to believe something he has said. To say something he has said and to do what he has said God is waiting on us to believe something he has said a promise or a covenant or a word or a command or he's waiting for us to say something and he's also waiting for us to do and right now I'm going to focus on the fact that he wants us to say certain things in our lives to help us to turn it around praise God He's waiting for us to say certain right words of faith so he can help us turn our situation completely around. You know, one of the, the best decisions you can ever make is that of salvation in Christ. Amen? And think about it. The Bible says that there was a sin problem. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. That is the problem. There's a sin problem with mankind. When the Bible says that, but God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. That's the solution. But you know, this was provided for 2,000 years ago. And God is just waiting on us to believe that and to declare that. He's waiting on, for, on us. He is waiting for us. It's, the solution is already there. The provision is already there. But he's waiting on us. He's waiting on us. Romans 10, 9 says, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. He's waiting on us. That one decision completely changes our destination. We were destined for health, church. But because of that one decision, we believe in our heart the Lord Jesus was raised from the dead and we confess that he is Lord. Because of that one de the decision you take, guess what? Your destination now is heaven. You're not going to be in the presence of God. Just by believing that and saying that, now you have a destiny with God. You are going to be in the presence of God should your life, should you depart, you know, when you're a good, ripe age. Amen. Or should Christ come again? You are going to be in his presence because of that one decision. It's powerful. But he was waiting on us to believe and to declare. Now why am I saying this? Why is this important? Because God uses the same principle to turn things around in our lives in so many different ways in terms of the mountains that are in our lives, the insurmountable situations in our life. He uses the same principle of wanting us to believe something and then to say something and often to also do something. He is waiting on us. You know, we all need to turn things around. I mean, some of us have debts and we want that turned around. If you have debts and you want to turn around, say, I want to turn around. Sometimes we're sick in our bodies and we want to turn around. We want health. Are you, are you with me? Help me out a little bit. I say, are you with me? You know, we want certain things turned around. Relationships may have gone sour or may have gone south and we want it turned 
turned around. We want the bitter marriage to become sweet. We want the things that are hard to have an ease to it. We want so many situations to turn it around. And folks, words can help turn your situation around. Words can help turn it around. And God is saying to us, to us today, turn it around with your mouth. Turn it around with your mouth. Now, I know some of you are going to, oh, come on, are you realistic? I'm going to show you through the scripture that that's exactly what the Bible teaches. Let's go to the book of James. James chapter 3, verse 3. James chapter 3, verse 3. And I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. It says, we can make a large horse go wherever we want, <coughs> excuse me, by means of a small bit in its mouth. We can make a large horse go wherever we want, by means of small bits in his mouth. Now, a bit is an, uh, some sort of contraption that you put in a horse's mouth, and the person who is riding the horse can turn the horse wherever it wants to go. It can actually get the horse to do different commands through that little bit. Notice what he's saying. We, you and I, we can make a large horse. Horses are usually stronger than us. They are faster than us. They can jump higher than us. Are, are, you, are you with me? But he's saying that we can do that. Make a large horse. Go wherever we want. Now, this is James speaking about the power of the tongue. And he's saying that, look, we have the capacity to make a large horse to go wherever we want by a small bit in its mouth. He's, talk, he's talking about words and the mouth and the power of the mouth. Then he goes on in verse 4. Verse 4, and he says this. A small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go even though the winds are strong. Look, listen to that again. A small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. Now, a rudder is a vertical blade at the stern of a ship that can be turned horizontally to change the direction of the ship. And it's so, it's, it's small in, in terms of the size of the ship. But even when there's a storm and the, the waves are raging, that rudder can direct the ship wherever the pilot chooses to go. What I want you to catch from this is two things. One, we are the ones that can make a large horse go wherever we want by the bit in the mouth. Secondly, a rudder can change a ship wherever the pilot chooses to go. In other words, you can change your situation around with your mouth. You. Wherever you want to go, you can declare where you want to go. Are you with me so far? Notice what it says in verse 5. In the same way, so he's talking about the bit in the mouth of a horse. Then he's talking about the small rudder in the ship. He says, in the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. A tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. What he's saying here, that the, just like a bit in a horse's mouth is a small thing, a rudder on a big ship is a small thing, but it has the power to turn it wherever the pilot wants. He's saying that words are a small thing. It's a tiny thing. In the same way, it has the power to be destructive. To be destructive. Amen. Sometimes we underestimate some words. When you say, I do, for example, your whole life turns around. When you stand before the altar and you tell somebody, will you, I'll take you to be my wife in, riches, in, in um, sickness and in health and so on and so forth. And you say, I do. Suddenly you are joined to somebody else and your whole journey in life changes. What have you said? I do. Just those words. Or sometimes when you say, yes, somebody gives you a job opportunity and you just say, yes. 
suddenly you're moving on a certain path in terms of your career. Or if you say, no, those words are powerful. They can affect where you're going to go. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's just a word, but it, it is going to take you to a certain destination. Just like we said, yes to Jesus Christ. And our destination is heaven. Our destination is to be in the presence of God. When you say no, it is also a powerful thing. It takes you to the different destination. Words are powerful. If you go into work tomorrow, you look at your boss, and you do this, and you say you're an idiot. <laughs> Folks, it's going to affect you. You are going to turn around from that office. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So words are powerful. If you look at somebody and say, I will not forgive you ever. That can, that can bind that person for, 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 for life. And in effect, bind you for life. But if you say, I forgive you, like Stephen did when Paul was there, giving accent to, to the stoning of Stephen. It had an effect. And guess what? I believe that Paul said, forgive them. They know not what they do. I believe that's one of the reasons why Jesus himself met Paul on his way when he was trying to persecute the church. And on the way on the, the Damascus Road, he met him and he said, I'm going to call. He said, why are you persecuting me? But I, ha I believe that Stephen's prayer had something to do with that. Words are powerful. Turn to somebody and say, words are powerful. So faithful words can help turn situations around in your life. Don't underestimate them. Your words, your declarations are like the rudder of a ship. And they have the power to direct you into your God-given destiny. Notice it says, we have the, we, we, we can change, can actually ask a horse to go wherever we want by the bit. We have, we are the pilots. So you can begin to say things in your life that can steer your life the way you want it to go. And many of us are neglecting the rudder of our words. And God wants us to begin to say some better stuff. Amen. James chapter 3 verse 4. I like what the, the message Bible says. It says a small rudder on a huge ship in the hands of a skilled captain sets, um, sets a course in the face of the strongest winds. No, that's not it. That's okay. James chapter 3, I'll just read it again. Small rudder on a ship, huge ship, in the hands of a skilled captain, sets a course in the face of the strongest wind. So there may be pressures in your life, there may be storms in your life, the winds may be turbulent, and, and, and things are all over the place. But the Bible is telling us that a small rudder of your words can actually steer your ship to the right destination by a skilled captain, so you are the captain of your life in those terms. And the words you say, say during a time of storm make a difference. Jesus taught the same principle in Mark eleven twenty two. church. He said this, have faith in God. And the Bible says in 23, truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourselves into the sea. Now that's changing the destination of the mountain. That's moving the mountain. That's turning the mountain come to, uh, to, to go into the sea. He says, go through yourselves into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that the things that he says will happen. Jesus is saying, it will be done for them. This is powerful stuff. There may be mountains in your life. Are you speaking to your mountains? Are you speaking to your mountains? You see, don't, what I'm trying to, I believe what God is trying to say, don't underestimate the power of your words. Especially when the words are faith-filled words. 
when those words are from the scripture, if it's a promise from the Lord of God, and you begin to declare the word of God, that mountain has to go. That, that's what Jesus said. That's what I beg your pardon. That's what the Lord said to Ezekiel. Prophesy to the mountains. In other words, speak the word of God to the mountains. He said, prophesy to the mountains. Remember, he said, prophesy to the dry bones. Folks, you and I have to learn. It's something we have to learn. What we know already, because we've learned it for over 30 years or 40 years or 50 years, is to speak the situation as it is. But that's not what the walk of faith is about. The walk of faith is about speaking what God says in the situation. Amen. So you have to learn, learn to speak. It says, I truly I say to you, if anyone, that means anyone means anyone. That means you, it means you, the person beside you. It says anyone who says to this mountain, and notice it says something specific, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done. Now notice this, it's going to be done by God. He is waiting on us to speak to the mountain and then he will move the mountain. He will do the miracle, but he's waiting on us to speak, to declare, to say something that is in alignment with his word. The tongue goes small, has the power to mess things up or turn things around. You can overcome by your mouth. When you believe the word of God in your heart and you declare it like a rudder, it will chart the course of your life to the destiny that God has for you. The word of God, is when you speak the word of God, it has the backing of God's power because he is the word. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So when you speak the word and you declare the word in a situation, guess what? God's power and resources back that word to move the mountain. In other words, when we're in a crisis situation, I tell you it's better to be silent than to say things that will take you in the wrong way. Sometimes you need to go to the word and say, Holy Spirit, give me a promise right now. And find a promise to speak that promise. Because if you're not careful and you just say the negative things, you're causing your life to go in the negative direction. You have to be able to have that. It's something you learn. I want to encourage you to learn to speak to situations. Don't wait till the crisis. Learn to speak to situations now. If you're in debt, begin to speak to your bank accounts. Begin to speak words to your bank account. Begin to ask God for wisdom concerning finances. And folks, he will, he will give you the wisdom. Begin to ask God what to do concerning getting a house or finding a job. Ask God for wisdom. Train yourself now to do that before the crisis hits.